0: Have you seen the CNBC like people this week, like all the anchors, they are so bullish Bitcoin and like yeah, all of uh-huh. these other tracks like Jamie Dimon comes on, Gary Gensler comes on and they're like, uh-huh. uh no, that's actually not how Bitcoin works. Like they correct right. them. And uh-huh. it's like so great. CNBC has completely 180 pivoted on crypto. And why? It's because they have an asset to sell. Bankless Nation, it is the third week of January and it's time for your weekly roll-up. David, we got so much to cover. What are we starting with?
1: The Bitcoin ETF one week later. Was it a flop or was it a smashing success? we will got the numbers to report back to you on
0: that one. Also, we have a good banker, bad banker episode. We've got Larry Fink getting crypto pilled. He wants tokenization. We'll talk about that. And on the bad banker side, we have Jamie Dimon and he reveals the secret risk to Bitcoin that only Jamie Diamond knows. Hmm. Uh, tantalizing. What could that hmm. be? What else we got, David?
1: After that, we got some updates about the Ethereum roadmap. The blobs are coming. The blobs are coming. And we also got some airdrops to discuss as well. We're going to laugh about the SEC for a little bit. And we're also going to talk about the phone part deuce. As you well. know where you I want to
0: start? Yeah, I'm ready, man. And you know where I want to start us today is actually uh, the airdrop piece okay because oh, okay. it's kind of it's kind of airdrop season i don't know if you noticed and it's definitely jupiter which is the biggest decks on solana just announced the date of their jup token launch that is upcoming you know what that date is david uh tell me last day of january january 31st
1: okay. what day is it uh, it is the 18th that is in 10 days
0: yeah so that's gonna Close happen enough. I mean, this is just like airdrop season, and a lot of this is happening in different Layer 2 ecosystems and on Solana and in other places, and I just wanted to shout out an opportunity for bankless citizens. That opportunity is to go quest for some airdrops, and you do that with a bankless citizenship. So once you get a bankless citizenship, you have access to a tool that we have developed. It's called the Airdrop Hunter, and what the Airdrop Hunter tries to do is predict these airdrops in advance. And the things that you might need to do, the ways to explore these chains and protocols and apps uh, so that you might qualify for an airdrop. And guess what, David? You know what was on there? The Jupiter exchange. It was on the airdrop hunter It's been on there for
1: a long, long time. We have this cool little thing in there where you can see how many other citizens are hunting airdrops. 673 citizens have hunted the Jupiter airdrop up to the point that the date of the airdrop was announced, which is not typical of an airdrop. I can only assume that if they have announced the airdrop, the snapshot has been taken. So congrats to the 673 citizens that have hunted the Jupiter airdrop. I know like airdrop hunting, uh, we try and make it precise. There's like farming and then there's what we do, which is hunting, which is the actual steps, the ways to increase your on-chain footprint, the diversity and variety of things that you can do, which is also simultaneously... Learning how to use crypto. So that's actually a nice um, synergy that we have with the airdrop hunter where you get to increase your on-chain footprint. You get to hopefully hunt some airdrops. But also, it, they're also just walkthroughs for,
0: like, their demos for it's apps. It's fun. It's fun to do stuff it's on-chain. It's supposed to be fun. It's and crypto fun. pays you to learn about crypto, guys. It's that season again. Anyway, there's a 10% off code if you want to become a oh. bankless citizen and go access the airdrop hunter. It's not just about Jupiter. It's about what next there's How over like are there? 60, 70 quests on here, or not quests, but different opportunities you can pursue mm-hmm. and all of the quests that accompany it. So go check that out in the Bankless show notes or bankless.com slash join. Again, the code is podcast24 if you want a 10% off discount. All right, David, let's talk about markets today. And thanks to Kraken for these glorious charts. We're looking at Bitcoin. Great. What's Bitcoin showing us?
1: Uh, Bitcoin showing us down because... It was a sell the news event, surprise, uh, uh, the, the Bitcoin news. ETF. Yeah, so so selling the news, down 10%, start of the week at 46,380. Double digit for sell? Yeah, yeah, double digits, yeah, In down to where this we are market? at, at $42,000, yeah. Huh. I mean, okay. it's not it's not like the Bitcoin ETF was a secret. <laughs> I, yeah. think, I think people knew about it. Um, I, I mean, Bitcoin has <laughs> his, his price performance has been, uh, pretty crazy. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a sell, sell the news event. And I think some people are like, bruh, what's going on? ETF was supposed to be bullish. Uh, a, that's not how markets work, but also the point about the ETF is bullish over time. Uh, like hold on is ages like wine. You don't get like, your
0: bullishness this, like right yeah. now. Okay. Sometimes yeah. you have to wait for your bullishness. And by the
1: way, it's not, got to- it's not an event. It's flows. <laughs>
0: We got a lot of that bullishness since uh, the summer of this year. Anyway, but like some people will look at these charts and just assume that the Bitcoin ETF was not successful. We'll talk about right. that in detail successful. later, but like it was kind of successful. Let's yeah, talk about ETH though successful. before we get there. Um, ETH on the week, what are we looking at? Yeah. Down?
1: Down 5% sort of the week at 2,600, currently at 2,480 down 5%, which means the ETH BTC ratio is up 6%. We are almost up to point zero six, which I would still consider low. Uh, but in recent terms, uh, the ETH
0: ratio has been recovering, especially this week. Yeah. I think we're getting some of that, um, again, pent up ETH ETF yeah. Now people are just going to do
1: the whole like, oh, now ETH ETF, and then they're going to sell the news on the ETH ETF in like May.
0: We talked about that uh, a little bit last week while you were out um, you know, slaying cruxes, David, with uh, Anthony yep. Sassano. And, uh, yep. yeah, he, he agrees, too. Like, ETH ETF next. Uh, crypto yeah. market cap, what are we at on the week? Same, $1.73 billion. I want that, too. I want a two. Yeah, a two would two. be a rice net. When's the last time we hit two, by the way?
1: When was that? Uh,
0: oh, God. Like Should we look before at that?
1: Terra, Terra Luna, right?
0: Last time we were at two. We haven't been at two since... February of 2022,
1: yep. Yeah, Terra Luna, yep. That's right.
0: <coughs> Around that time, per- right? No, no, no. We right? we hit, we hit it in March as well. And yeah, then 2022, uh, yeah. It's Terra. Yeah, Luna. I'm calling it. Yeah. The first time we hit two trillion, by the way, was April 2021. So. Like that was, that was kind of the, the top-ish of the, the <laughs> top-ish of the bull market, right? <laughs> like... top,
1: top of the Ethereum bull market. Yeah, that was yeah. like, yeah, the, the top of ultrasound money.
0: The early uh, bull uh, market. Ultrasound money meme has been down only since like April uh, 2021. Well, let's get to uh, Layer 2 metrics with the Layer 2 update brought to you by Mantle, which is our, a new and upcoming Layer 2 that we are enjoyers of. Um, what's Layer 2 be showing us on total locked value on Layer 2? Did so we get another all-time I- high?
1: Uh, I saw it earlier this week at 22.22 billion. So yeah. that was an enjoyable number. It's at 21.8 right now. But yes, all time highs.
0: Very bigly. In you know, very the last way. couple of weeks has been all time cool high. Um, look, look at this from Grow the Pie. New all time high for TVL across layer twos. Uh, a gigantic 3 billion increase. I guess this was the all time high. This is from January 15th. So, oh, so that, that did happen. Okay. And by the way, 58% of this. Uh, in Arbitrum. Arbitrum is kind of just a gargantuan.
1: One of the things that's been really determining the ETH market lately is this whole uh, Celsius shenanigans. Oh, um, yeah. uh, Celsius cancer, I should say. Uh, Celsius, Celsius was like dumping hundreds of thousands of ETH onto the market. At the same time, Sailor was buying a bunch of Bitcoin, which is like why the, the ETH-BTC ratio has just been absolutely decimated. Uh, so I saw this interesting tweet thread from 0 X Bobo Shanti. thank you so much, uh, who put a tweet together uh, saying... With over 40 hours of research gone on into investigating the Celsius balance sheet, I'll explain why I believe that it is wrong that the remaining 584,000 Ether that Celsius
0: has is going to be sold. Wait, wait, wait. So hold on. The facts are they have 500,000 ETH still and people are worried that they might continue to dump on us that additional 500,000 ETH? $584,001.4
1: 1.4 4 billion billion are in their wallets. Ooh, I don't um, want that. And so, so far in 2024, they've transferred 92,000 Ether to Coinbase and Falcon X, uh, which, I, if you read the tweet thread, they'll explain what that is. Um, it is a good, thorough tweet thread. We don't have enough time to cover it here, but we will skip to the conclusions where they think, based on legal filings and on chain analysis from uh, Arkham, they say 536,000 Ether will be distributed in kind for unsecured claims. It's like bankruptcy claims we're talking bankruptcy about, Bankruptcy right? claims, yes. In-kind means they're not selling it. They're just like, here's the ETH rather than here's the dollars, which they would have to sell for. 62,000 ETH will be distributed in-kind for convenience claims, and 26,000 ETH has been likely already sent to Coinbase and PayPal to process the custody claims distribution. TLDR is extremely unlikely that Celsius has much more, if any, ETH available to sell uh, if you want the analysis, the details, the investigation from this um, uh, Twitter account, uh, there's a link in the show notes so you can go uh, unpack that. But yeah, 584,000 ETH going to be distributed around, uh, at, but apparently not sold, which is good news.
0: I can keep you updated too, David. I still have some Celsius, uh, you know, ETH. That oh, yeah. Only... Let me
1: know when you get that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel even close. They just keep sending me emails about like, don't be fished. Like, you, right. you know, be, be <laughs> yeah. careful and like legal things are proceeding and all of that. So I think a question here, though, David, is uh, if they are doing in kind, like they're sending ETH back to basically the, the claimants, whether the claimants like people like me, maybe will go we'll sell, sell this ETH or not or whether they'll hold it. I mean, like I know what I'm going to do. I ain't going right. to be selling no ETH. OK, if I get ETH from Celsius, uh, you, you stake your ETH at times like this. You don't sell. At least that's my take. But I don't know if everyone feels that way.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's really an important question because like who are the Celsius creditors and why are they meaningfully different from the average ETH holder? Like maybe they have some tax uh, like taxes or debts that they have to cover and they've just had locked up capital. So yeah, some amount of capital lockup will result in some amount of selling, but I don't I'm guessing the only it's difference be is, marginal.
0: the only difference is they are unlike average ETH holders in that like one they're just the subset set, set of like retail and probably like um, yeah, I don't want to say like less sophisticated retail. I'm right. putting myself in that bucket. They're, okay, they're, they're not. They're not on chain. Yeah, yeah they're less on chain than, than many ETH holders. And the second thing is they've just. Yeah, they like it's been frozen. <laughs> it's been frozen for a very long time for them. Right. Other ETH yeah. holders have not had frozen ETH, so we'll have to see. Maybe yeah. there's a little bit left. David, do you catch this? The 2023 Electric Capital Developer Report. They do this every year. Uh, so let me just give you the highlights, though. Developers overall are down. Okay, mm, but. Mm-hmm. Here's the uh, sunny skies. The most valuable segment of developers are those that have a two plus tenure. They contribute the most code. That is still growing, so that's good news. But bad news for the US, okay? The US is losing developer share in crypto. So now 72% of developers are now outside North America. So sorry, Canada, Mexico, America. The US just lost 14% of developer share since 2018. And it's now only 26% of developers. And you can really see who's picking up the slack here. It's South Asia, Latin America, Eastern Europe, Western Africa, Southern Europe. They grew developer share by 20%. I am like cheering that on, okay? US, if you're going to be stupid and mean to developers, guess what? They're going to go outside of your borders and they're going to build the cool stuff there. Like, Mm. I mean, you're lost. That's what's going to happen. I mean... I hate this because it's a self-inflicted wound to the US, but it is a good, it's, I'm glad that this is internationalizing, particularly in some of these emerging economies. I think that's bullish for crypto. Yeah. Yeah. And then Elizabeth Warren is like, good. I didn't want them anyways. Yeah. But here's the thing, man. Like these, these countries, people in uh, other regions will think up use cases that the West doesn't doesn't even think of they don't have a problem with right. it because they're sure. you know their visa card works or something like this so anyway bullish crypto because i think we'll get some more diversity in use cases david what do we have coming up next coming up next we're going to unpack the metrics of
1: the spot bitcoin etf one week later we're going to talk to larry fink and hear what he's excited Wait, we're about t- he's coming on we're talking to larry yeah, fink right now yeah right <laughs> after this uh and then ethereum blobs have hit the test net and they're coming for us So stay tuned. We're going to get to all this and more. But first, wanted to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make this show possible, especially Kraken, the place we get these charts at the beginning of the show and the place that you should use to get on chain this bull market summer. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead and click the link in the show notes to get started with Kraken. Bull market summer. I love it. Kraken knows crypto. Kraken's been in the crypto game for over a decade, and as one of the largest and most trusted exchanges in the industry, Kraken is on the journey with all of us to see what crypto can be. Human history is a story of progress. It's part of us, hardwired. We're designed to seek change everywhere, to improve, to strive, and if anything can be improved, why not finance? Crypto is a financial system designed with the modern world in mind. Instant permissionless in 24-7. It's not perfect, and nothing ever will be perfect, but crypto is a world-changing technology at a time when the world needs it the most. That's the Kraken mission, to accelerate the global adoption of cryptocurrency so that you and the rest of the world can achieve financial freedom and inclusion. Head on over to kraken.com bankless to see what crypto can be. Not investment advice, crypto trading involves risk of loss. Cryptocurrency services are provided to U.S. and U.S. territory customers by Payward Ventures, Eek, PVI doing business as Kraken. Are you launching a token? Is it already live? How are you managing the legal and tax for providing token awards for your team. Toku simplifies everything about managing token grant compensation, and you can get started with them for free. You'll have access to top-notch legal and tax support to handle the distribution and management of tokens for your team. Toku caters to every step in the process, from user-friendly legal templates for granting tokens to tracking vesting periods and calculating withholding taxes. Toku understands every grant structure, token purchase agreements, restricted token awards, restricted token units, token options, and all the other ones. TOKU is already simplifying this today for leading companies like Protocol Labs, DYDX Foundation, Mina Foundation, and many more. You can learn more about how TOKU can help you streamline your token management and get started for free. Visit TOKU at toku.com bankless or click the link in the description below. One week of Bitcoin ETF trading. How did it do? Did it flop or did it rocket? Uh, Eric Bakatunas says, uh, latest day three in the books of the total rolling net flows. Net flows is both buying and selling is $782 million, as the newborn nine that he calls it, the nine Bitcoin ETFs. Ooh, I like have, that.
0: Eric's a yeah, good memer.
1: He really is. Uh, they have more than offset the GBTC gouge, which is now up to $1.2 billion offset from deal. the na- na- NAV to um, discount. Okay, so the nines, $2 billion in AUM and $4.5 billion in volume organic is fabulous for the first three days And a solid percent premium, too. So overall, what this means is that there has been a lot of outflows from the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, over $108 billion, and net new inflows of $2 billion. A skeptic put out this tweet saying, is this me or is this really underwhelming? Only $800 million of inflows into the BTC ETFs so far. Uh, And Eric Balchunis' response to this skeptic saying, this is a flop, right? And he goes, I think it's not a flop. These numbers are highly unusual for a new launch. Most ETFs get less than $1 to $2 million in the first week. These are all 20 to 500 times that. Uh, and so Eric Balchunas, who again is more or less the expert on ETFs, is saying this is a, a categorical win. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, there are four leaders of the nine. There are four leaders here. iShares, which is BlackRock. Coming in at $710 million. Fidelity coming in at $524 million, followed by Bitwise, the crypto native uh, ETF company that we know and love, uh, $305 million, followed by Kathy Woods, ARC 21 chairs at $227 million. So we always know that it was always going to represent some sort of distribution, you know, power law, nature has power law. But this is really close, Ryan. Like Blackrock, Fidelity, Bitwise, 700 525 300 like really close neck and neck race, I'd say.
0: Yeah, it's, we got a gold, silver, bronze, and they're all within uh, striking distance of each other. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, like, so the question of, are we happy about these inflows, uh, total net inflows? The answer to that question has got to be yes. And that's what got Balchunas yes. is saying. Yeah. But also, um, I think like Grayscale needed, it's, it's healthy for it to have that outflow. Remember, right. yes. all of that was yes. stuck inside of the Grayscale container for right. like years right. to like disastrous effect in 2022 mm-hmm. so we talked about so much now it's being unlocked this is right. even even the outflows are healthy like i mean that's how we kind of uh get a stable base and our feedback uh under us with with these well, ETF markets
1: well also the grayscale ETF charges 1.5 percent fee oh, yeah. yearly and the blackrock i think charges 0.25 percent i think wait they still charges-
0: do does Grayscale still charge that much or have they yes, been... Yes, they,
1: they, they lowered their price from 2% to 1.5%, whereas all of the others are in the like 0. 0.2 to 0. 0.25, maybe 0. 0.3 range. Okay. Uh, I think I, I think Bitwise is the lowest at 0. 0.2. Um, why is Grayscale keeping their fee at 1.5%? I think they are just betting that there's going to be just a lot of dormant GPTC holders who don't check their brokerages, don't know, don't care. It's probably a good calculated
0: bet. Honestly,
1: they are charging like five to 10 times as much. And so they're not going to lose too much. So yeah, they're just freaking in the fees on that one. Uh, Another tweet from Eric Bob Tunis was talking about the, um, the, the volumes. So what is volumes buying and selling of the underlying to make sure that the uh, ETF actually trades that par. He goes, Another way to put the Bitcoin ETF flows in ETF context, besides showing their numbers relative to past new launches, which is the more frequent thing that we've been doing recently, is showing how they stack up to all ETFs in the past one week of flows. So comparing the Bitcoin ETFs to other general ETFs, like the QQQ, the NASDAQ ETF. So he says, even after four days, Two of them are in the top five of all ETFs in That's volume. a big deal. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. deal. And three of them are in the top 10. Up there with the studs, VOO, QQQ, L, et al. Volume, apparently, is like a health metric for ETFs. Yeah. And we have three Bitcoin ETFs in the top 10
0: of all, of all ETFs. ETFs. All ETFs. That's kind of, that's like hair on end crazy, I'd say. Yeah. No, that's a, it's definitely a good sign. QQQ is Nasdaq, right?
1: What, what do you know what the VOO uh, is? I, what, I, what I what did I say? No, you did said I that. You, you I nailed it. Wow, I just, good for me. I, I don't wow. know
0: my ETFs, David. I don't boomer know what the VOO is. I don't know what the IVV I don't know is. The I assume I don't know what the these are very important ETFs. And Baltrunas is probably like uh, a <laughs> very his fist trad and serious uh, <laughs>
1: Vanguard S and P 500 ETF dividend. Yield. Uh, yeah, that is a Vanguard boomer guys. name right there. You said earlier Eric Baltrunas is a good memer. Here's a actual meme, a mid curve meme. Uh, where Eric is, has the person in the middle saying, bruh, how come number go down? I thought these ETFs were supposed to pump. It's been, I've been inside the house and online for the past 72 hours straight moon. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then, and then left and right, we have people saying some people probably sold the news after 80% run up. No biggie. Um, my tweet this week was everyone has just have patience. The Bitcoin ETF will age like wine. It's not about the event. It's about the flows. It's about the flows.
0: Aging like wine. You know, another Aging theme like of wine. this event, and I think the rest of today's episode is, Dave. The bankers are shilling our bags now. Can you believe yep. it? Wall Street the is like Holy Alliance. Choo choo is on board. Okay, like <laughs> please, this, baby. Yeah, this is the Fidelity homepage last week. Okay, well, this is the the BlackRock homepage. You seen this? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Access Bitcoin, iShares. Here's Fidelity. Their homepage. I'm talking about the homepage. They're basically wow. like okay for people who can't see this the Fidelity Wise Origin Bitcoin Fund easier exposure to Bitcoin without buying Bitcoin directly. Wow, what a fantastic yeah. product! Nice, than-
1: per, nice and protected and safe Bitcoin. Yeah,
0: it's so legal. I like my Bitcoin clean. <laughs> it's super, it's super legal, not self sovereign and like banked. Mm. <laughs> don't 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 touch that bald man's exchange. Touch our exchange. <laughs> the best kind of Bitcoin. i I don't know why that's my fidelity voice but you know that's what it is David. the fidelity wise origin bitcoin fund so they're shilling it they're they're just very excited about a product to sell Mm -hmm. and um you know there's someone once told me there's a little bit of capital still on wall street i think they got some money over there david they they do have some money
1: did did you also see the franklin their money is becoming our money oh is it yeah, yeah okay these are the rules that's
0: what etfs do do you also see the franklin templeton account like i don't know what happened on twitter Bro. to franklin templeton this is like a trad fi of trad fi, but like they seem to be all in on crypto what in the world are we looking at
1: yeah so franklin templeton 1.4 trillion dollar asset manager uh i saw this tweet um right after we got done with the podcast and i thought oh god like the franklin templeton twitter got account, account you thought it like, got hacked twitter- I thought it got hacked, uh, and then I and then I scroll up and I see that like oh, announcing our uh, digital assets team has taken over our Twitter account for the next two hours, nice. and they are just firing, just like dank memes nice. after dank memes, nice. like laser-eyed Ben Franklin, Bank Franklin with a hat. Oh my god, uh, the, the sophistication of these memes, like. I bet. I bet you they listen to Bankless. They probably listen to Bankless. Whoever's on that digital asset team. Oh yeah, they are one Shout of us. Shout out. Are, good job. They make. I mean, we make some
0: okay memes. They were making some. How really did they memes. do this, Franklin I Templeton? Know. I didn't know you had this level of crypto meme talent. Like, who did are you, you? Know
1: that everyone in the rest of the company who's dealing with like mortgages <laughs> and like
0: bonds are serious like, what things. The-
1: what the hell is going on with we our give them a account. flavor? I know
0: there's a meme of the week from Franklin Templeton, but here's uh-huh. the the tweet. You are unsure how to feel about laser eyed Ben. They just activated the count's laser eyes, too. Just think yeah. instead of Ben with hat with hat. Okay, so that's like me with culture. hat with
1: hat. yeah. so there is a, I think it's a Solana dog token, a dog with hat. Uh, and it's like a doge with a hat
0: and it uh, just pumped. And now it is uh, part of our culture now. This kid owns some uh, deep crypto bags. Let me tell you, on on, no, his, no. on his or her <laughs> own, uh, I, I think that's happened. Imagine
1: uh, like the Zoomer intern who works at Bank... At Franklin Templeton and he's got like a bag of shit coin <laughs> <laughs> Solana shit coins. <laughs>
0: he's just like firing off tweets off the Franklin Templeton account. I can't imagine that. Wow. <laughs> not all the banks are on board though David I gotta I gotta tell you I ca- I'll call all of these things loosely bank. Um, I don't think Vanguard is like a bank; like that's not a what bank, they would it, call it, themselves. True, but they like, hold a lot a of bank. assets, so they have they have their yeah. Anyway, we'll get into that. Vanguard won't offer spot Bitcoin ETFs. They say the high volatility is bad for generating long term returns. So they've actually um, actively what, what's the opposite of supported? Like boy boycotted boy not like not boycott like banned you know not allowed. Uh, Vanguard right. users, unlike Fidelity, like Vanguard is very similar to Fidelity in a lot of ways, which mm-hmm. is very crypto forward. But Vanguard um, has said basically it has no plans to offer Bitcoin ETFs or crypto products. Its high volatility runs counter to our goal of helping investors gener- generate positive real returns over the long term, which is kind of funny because, like, go look at Bitcoin price over the long term in its entire history. It's only been right. down three years in all of the other years. Like it's been up only and like massively up. It's been a fantastic asset class. Um, so it has generated positive real returns. This is um, chainlink God saying Vanguard offered investors the ability to purchase GBTC for years, even as it traded at extreme premiums discounts over navs. So that's that's kinda ironic, right? They won't allow the Bitcoin ETF, but they allowed GBTC for years. He goes on. But as soon as GBTC converts into a spot ETF and properly tracks NAV, suddenly high volatility is a blocker and it gets delisted. Smells fishy. I don't know why. Like, I guess that's kind of weird. I guess it smells fishy. I can't think of what the incentive would be. It's just like maybe someone's just kind of folding their arms and saying, I don't like Bitcoin at Vanguard. I, you know, I don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Say there are two populations. If we're talking about, like, from a business sense people are going to read this like message. Vanguard is no longer accepting purchase of cryptocurrency products, including Bitcoin uh, futures ETFs. And then you have your customers and, or, or non-customers and do any non-customers read that and be like, Oh, I'm going to convert to Vanguard. I'm going to put more money in Vanguard because they make, made this choice. How many of those are are there of those types of people versus the other types of people who are like, Oh, Vanguard's not letting me buy crypto. Um, I will either, either not sign up with them or take my money elsewhere.
0: Like who's, which one of these is more? The second one, David, the second one is more. No, people are just going to be like, why can't I get this product? All the other, like Fidelity has this, BlackRock has it.
1: Constraining your product offering is never a, like a rational business case.
0: No, we have like, I refuse, I'm I'm like, I'm best buy. I refuse to sell iPhones. (laughs) Huh? I'm not going to sell it. Like, why? <laughs> and all the Android people were like, yay. No, no, that didn't happen. It didn't happen. All right, here's another banker who's uh, kind of maybe upset about it a little bit. Um, but uh, this, is, this is what we alluded to in the intro, David. Jamie okay. Dimon has a fantastic take on Bitcoin that oh, no one's ever yeah, thought so of. This is, the, this is the risk that Jamie Dimon discovered about Bitcoin that,
1: yeah, this is brand new for all of us. Let's you hear ready it. for this? Uh, here's what mm-hmm. he says.
2: Gold really didn't do anything either. Yeah, but gold's limited in supply. So is Bitcoin. And it's been used... Uh, so you think so, huh? I do. I think there's a good chance that when Bitcoin... When we get they're to, they're that to, Bitcoins, million, to that 20 million Bitcoins... go to No, that Satoshi's going to come on there, laugh hysterically, go quiet, all Bitcoin's going to be erased. I think, man... How the I hell do you know I'm it's going to stop at 21? Not, not I've, I've never met one person who told me they know for a fact... They take yes. that as, mathematically. it's It, it, it's not, it can't happen because how, by the last one will you, be mined you, in twenty one fifty, and it, it, it gets harder and harder every time. There's another yeah. halving, but but Jamie, it, looking, looking guys, back you over, You guys do what you want. I'll do what I want. Uh, as for gold, you can yeah. the, the six characteristics that make gold valuable for four thousand years. They're yeah. all present in Bitcoin. That's all I'm saying. I love you, and I don't want yeah, yeah, to. And you, I'd also man, I also don't. I don't also don't want to be a. You, you may, Joe, yeah. Joe. you may be right. Yeah. I, I don't own gold either, so okay. So
0: David, how, how do you know Satoshi, a Santoshi?
1: Isn't just kind <laughs> <laughs> of how do you pronounce it? Sat- Satoshi.
0: Satoshi. How do you know he's <laughs> not just going to reappear and, and like, delete all the cap? bitcoins? Delete the bitcoins.
1: <laughs> 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 he, he's going to delete all the bitcoins, and you could hear the frustration in the in the like the moderators. Like, yeah. It, ma- mathematically, you, you can't do that. Oh, by like, the way, you
0: just don't. You- <laughs> have you seen the CNBC like people this week? Like all the anchors, they are so bullish Bitcoin and like yeah, all uh-huh. of these other traps. Like Jamie Dimon comes on, Gary Gensler comes on, and they're like, uh-huh. uh, "No, that's actually not how Bitcoin works." Like they correct right. them, and uh-huh. it's like so great. Like CB, uh, CNBC has completely 180 pivoted on crypto, and My why? Crypto. It's because they have an asset to sell. Because BlackRock's yeah. on board, Fidelity's on board, and so they're doing this yeah. kind of like hard interviews now
1: love it love it uh there are going to be costs with this unholy alliance well i think we'll talk about that in a second but let's let's watch this next clip where uh he, larry fink it's coming in hot here uh okay. and somebody asked him about the uh eth etf and he kind of gave like a an, mum answer but i think it's the conversation that he started talking about immediately
0: after that i think it's a big reveal let's watch this clip yeah this is on the i guess crypto-favorable banker side, here he goes. Do you now expect other cryptocurrency ETFs? Meaning, do you think
1: that Gary, and we'll talk to him later, uh, Gary will have have to approve an Ethereum ETF? And is that a function of something the SEC has to do? Or do you think that all these things have to go to court
2: first? I couldn't respond to that. I I, I see value in having an Ethereum ETF. As I said, these are just stepping stones towards tokenization. And I really do believe this is where we're going to be going. We have the technology to tokenize today. If you want to talk about, think about this. If you had a tokenized security and you have a tokenized identity, you, Andrew, the moment you buy or sell an instrument, it is known. It's on a general ledger that is all created together. Um, You want to talk about issues around money laundering and all that. This eliminates all corruption by having a tokenized system. Okay,
1: so he immediately pivots the conversation to talking about tokenization. And this spread like wildfire throughout crypto Twitter. Like the Chainlink army was like, that's us, baby. Uh, And he doubled down on it in another uh, clip where he's just talking about tokenization the whole entire time. Let's watch the second clip.
2: We believe the next step going forward will be the tokenization of financial assets. And that means every stock Every bond will have its own, basically, QSIP. It'll be on one general ledger. Every investor, you and I, will have our own number, our own identification. We could rid ourselves of all issues around illicit activities about bonds and stocks and digital by having a, 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 a tokenization. But the most importantly thing, we can customize strategies through tokenization that is, fits every individual.
1: Larry Fink wants to tokenize bonds, stocks, and every financial asset that he can. And he's talking about tokenization. He sees the merits of tokenization. And, and that is the direction that he's taking these conversations. People are asking him about like the Bitcoin ETF, the ETH ETF. And Larry Fink is like, well, have you heard about like tokenization? Uh, I mean, he's a leader of BlackRock. Yeah. Uh, he's That's where he's steering the ship. That's yeah. where it's going.
0: You, you know, I, I think um, Larry Fink is just telling us exactly what the the roadmap he's is for do. BlackRock. It's First mm-hmm. it's the Bitcoin ETF, then it's the Ethereum ETF, then it's tokenization. Like he's literally right. telling us the plan. And you know what I think right. this means? Like David, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. I'm not going to say it's going to happen next year. I would not be surprised to see a BlackRock dollar, a BlackRock stablecoin, okay? BlackRock tokenized assets. Of course they're going to do that, right? Jamie mm-hmm. Dimon already is, by the way, at JP Morgan and is yelling not public blockchain. And I wouldn't be surprised at some point if we see a BlackRock chain, you know, like a Layer yeah. 2 that... or
1: Yeah, a, a private Layer 2.
0: A private Layer 2 that's the back end of the website. I think it'll start private, and I think it goes public because it's so freaking cheap to go public. Like, if you get security, yeah. if you get privacy, uh, right, for kind of what they need, right? DA costs are basically nothing. Why not have it audited by the security of Ethereum? Like, I think that is an uh, inevitability, too. They probably got to get some regulation, right, but... I mean, yeah,
1: they, they, if they're going to have a public chain there, there will be zero people on that chain that are not fully KYC. And he also talked about identity in that, that clip. He was like, oh yeah, you have tokenization and you actually also have digital identity, which is a pretty sophisticated take for a banker. Shout out Larry Fink. Uh, d- talking about identity is, uh, you are pretty far down the crypto rabbit hole. If you're talking about both tokenization and identity ma- like standards, like dids, VCs, we've talked about this on bankless. Uh, but it also scares me let it be known. I don't want Larry Fink to be talking about identity on my platforms. I want, I want none of that. He's Get that away to. from me.
0: He's going to. They're, they're going to. So, I, uh, D- Dave, did you catch my um, my hot take um, that I gave I in the Bankless uh, Premium
1: feed? Yeah. I was listening to it while I was driving 80 kilometers an hour over a dirt road in the middle of the Patagonia. Wow, <laughs> dude. That is, that is badass. I'm, and that's and so I popped cool a tire. that
0: we did that. <laughs> popped a tire short. Like, while well, because you're so excited listening to it. You're yeah, like, yeah, It's
1: just like, oh, like, Ryan's spitting fire right now. It's like, oh, shit, my tire's flat.
0: <laughs> it was. This is on the Bankless Premium feed. So, we just put it on a different feed. Bankless citizens get that, um, by the way. But yeah. it was basically mm-hmm. like, a, you know, like a seven minute take on yeah. how I think right now, like we have an unholy alliance with the bankers, right? right? And yeah. that's great. I'm glad because they're a counterforce to the uh, kind of the regulators of the world who just don't believe in private markets, uh, I suppose. But I'm a bit worried about this alliance because where it leads is possibly AML KYC. Like, I don't think Larry Fink is going to be passionate about DeFi. I don't think he's going to be like, yeah, you know, validators running at home, that's a great thing, right? And so I'm a little bit worried about the next phase of this, David, right? Like, um, will they try to replicate TradFi? I I don't mind if that's there, as long as you don't get rid of uh, free and open crypto. And these people, Larry Fink, the bankers, all of them, they have tremendous power in D.C. This is why the ETF got pushed through, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. they could do some real damage to a free and open crypto if they wanted to, and if it's in their incentive to, they don't seem to be doing that now. But like, let's just go eyes wide open into uh, into this temporary alliance was the take.
1: Yeah, uh, it, I, I, if they they can do whatever they want, and they're saying box private layer two, if they make it public, fine. I just it well, all of their KYC identity shit should just stay there. And that is the power of Ethereum. Like, do whatever you want on your own chain. Um, I am concerned that they put their weight behind imposing. Legal restrictions on United States citizens across public chains more broadly—that is, that is my fear. Like it That's would come point.
0: through in a bill, "Thou shalt not run validators" it, because they're not AMR or PYC. or
1: like yeah, if you're a United States citizen, you need to register your DID on Ethereum or something like that. Your DID, Anyways, your identity, your DID, yeah, uh, your identity. You got your another DID? T- did, is, DID is decentralized identity. I'll, I'll say one more thing about your uh, seven-minute episode. Uh, because it was it was just you. You kind of had some like thoughts. You wrote it down. I'm assuming. I think I know. I can tell when Ryan's reading yeah. uh, from his notes. Yeah. And since like we weren't discussing, you it was like you were like speaking softer. Yeah. It was like Ryan Sean Adams ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. It was like really sexy. You were like whispering into the microphone. You were like yeah, speaking really like softly and breathily into the microphone. Was, yeah, that's weird. I, I guess I
0: need practice at this. It was also I still have this like I still have COVID, David. I'm like coughing and like my voice is all off. So I'll say that as well. But I don't know, maybe some people are into it. If so, it's I'll continue doing bank, it.
1: That, there's a reason why the bankless premium RSS feed, uh,
0: downloads <laughs> are up only. Breathless uh, Ryan takes. That's fantastic. Breathy Ryan, yeah. Y- breathy you- Ryan takes. <laughs> you should just rebrand it. That's what the premium RSS feed is. Yeah, we have we have David takes and Ryan breathy, breathy, breathy wow, takes. <laughs> wow, wow. I can't believe there's a market for that. Um, David, do you All have right. another take, though, on who else benefits from the tokenization from the banks. What does that take?
1: Yeah, so as soon as this clip about Larry Fink tokenizing all of BlackRock's bonds and equities and whatever, everyone was like, "They're gonna do it on my chain." Uh, and there was like a little bit of a false dichotomy, I think, going on between like uh, the people were like, "It's gonna, he's gonna tokenize them on Ethereum. You're, that's where you, that's where you tokenize stuff. You tokenize stuff on Ethereum. It's just what you do." Uh, and then like the Chainlink army was like, "No, that's not how it works." Uh, and I, Chainlink God put out this tweet, uh, which I thought was pretty good, which my tweet models after, which is. It, they're actually going to have their private chain, which they have complete sovereign control over. They can fork as well. It'll be just like a banker chain. Uh, and then they'll they'll use an interop, interop uh, comm uh, com layer, messaging layer, like Chainlink, uh, to send those assets outbound. And it won't be tokenized on Ethereum. They will just find themselves gravitating towards Ethereum because that's where liquidity is. That's where DeFi is. Uh, so that that's my take. That's how I think this is going to happen. So private private BlackRock chain uh interop middle layer and then they can go anywhere they could go to solana if they wanted to but my claim is they're going to go to DeFi on ethereum because as a they'll go to DeFi on ethereum as a function of what like market share DeFi on ethereum has in terms of like liquidity and
0: users and like all that stuff liquidity no just, no you're wrong. wrong they'll go to my chain my bags my chain that's where they're going to go david your, ba- your bags are <laughs> my bags, bro. Oh, are they? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I, I think that's another way it could happen, right? I, I do still think they'll have a, a sidechain layer too, though, uh, at some point. But we'll have to see. Anyway, it's good for crypto assets, at least right now. And I think we should end with this, another Franklin Templeton tweet to surround out this section. We'll be the bankers on our side. It's uh, This will be the second of like 30 memes
1: <laughs> that came out of the Franklin Templeton a Twitter account. Go for it. Franklin Templeton says, we are excited about ETH and its ecosystem despite the midlife crisis it recently experienced. We see a bright future with many strong tailwinds to push the Ethereum ecosystem forward. EIP 4844, Alt-DA, community re- revitalization and what restaking.
0: What? They know these things? Oh my God. Yeah. What else we got, David?
1: What else we got coming up next? What upgrades come after, in addition to EIP 4844? We have Dankun around the corner, but we already have the next upgrade gearing up after that. Solana announces the saga phone number two. And of course, everyone's favorite pastime, the SEC getting grilled during Congress, during a Coinbase hearing. We're gonna talk about all of this and more, but first we're gonna check out Mantle, a layer two with staking. You can take your ETH with a Layer 2 now. That's Mantle. Check them out. There's a link in the show notes. We're going to go hear from them right now. Mantle, formerly known as BitDAO, is the first DAO-led Web3 ecosystem, all built on top of Mantle's first core product, the Mantle Network, a brand new high-performance Ethereum Layer 2 built using the OP stack, but uses Eigenlayer's data availability solution instead of the expensive Ethereum Layer 1. Not only does this reduce Mantle Network's gas fees by 80%, but it also reduces gas fee volatility, providing a more stable foundation for Mantle's applications. The Mantle Treasury is one of the biggest DAO-owned treasuries, which is seeding an ecosystem of projects from all around the Web3 space for Mantle. Mantle already has sub-communities from around Web3 onboarded, like Game7 for Web3 Gaming and Bybit for TVL and Liquidity and OnRals. So if you want to build on the Mantle network, Mantle is offering a grants program that provides milestone-based funding to promising projects that help expand, secure, and decentralize Mantle. If you want to get started working with the first DAO-led Layer 2 ecosystem, check out Mantle at mantle.export and follow them on Twitter at 0xmantle. Real world use cases for ethereum without compromise and real world adoption is happening active addresses on Celo have grown over 500 in the last six months with the cello layer 2 gas fees will stay low and you can even pay for gas using erc20 tokens but Celo is a community governed protocol this means that Celo needs you to weigh in and make your voice heard join the conversation in the cello forum follow at cello org on twitter and visit cello.org to shape the future of
0: ethereum blobs are on gorelly Franklin Templeton, try to try that to keep kind of up.
1: Sentence is that.
0: <laughs> try to keep up with Blobs this crypto. On <laughs> so true though. Can you make sense of what I just said for people who haven't been uh, keeping up? Yes.
1: EIP4844, aka proto dank sharding, which creates a blob space on Ethereum so that <laughs> transaction fees from call data on layer twos can reduce by 95% and we can have cheaper transactions on layer twos. Did you and, follow all that?
0: Yes, and gorly is the test net. Right, and Gorli so it's is just the a test net. net. Yeah. So it's the thing you do before you go to mainnet. So this means right. blob space is coming and protodank sharding is coming. Yes,
1: yeah. Basically, we are on the final hours of dankun. You you run through. You do your test net upgrades. You you know upgrade test net number one. That was Gyorly. Uh Next one will be Holsky, I think. Uh, Sapolia as well. Uh, once you hit all the test nets and all the test nets successfully upgrade, successfully have their fork. Then we're like, all right, well, there's nothing else to do other than mainnet. I guess we just do mainnet. And that's how an Ethereum merge happens, an Ethereum uh, fork happens. Uh, so if one successful uh, testnet uh, is, is successful, then you move on to the next one. And once they're all successful, then, then we just full send the full
0: thing. Uh, okay, but then the layer two still need to turn it on. So what, what has to happen with Optimism, Tyco, Scroll, Arbitrum, all these things?
1: Yeah, so they need to, instead of using the call data of Ethereum block space, you just need to use blob space. Uh, so different layer twos just have to, like, upgrade for that. So the OP stack, according to uh, Proto, who is Pr- Proto Lambda, who's the Proto and Proto Dank sharding, by the way. He's like, he took Dankrad's Dank sharding. and was like, but you can do this, and we can ship it earlier. I mean, that's 4844. Uh, there's some Ethereum lore for you. Saying, looking to be ready for optimism, governance, voting cycle 19, which completes in early March and then hopefully will roll out shortly on the layer one. So they'll be ready. Tyco for mainnet. The current plan is to launch with 4844 live already, which means Tyco is going to launch as a, as a network scrolls already ready to go. Arbitrum one and Nova. These decisions will be controlled by the on-chain contracts that are automatically already in the hands of the arbitrum DAO. So the DAO needs to vote for it.
0: They will, and it'll, it'll be approved hundred percent. They're all ready to go. Do it is the bottom go. line here. And the big question I think on some people's mind is always what's next. So uh, we have this hard yeah. fork, but what about the next hard fork? What about second hard fork? So after mm-hmm. Denkun, there's another hard fork that is kind of... It's not scheduled yet, but it is kind of planned out. It's called Pectra. Well,
1: te- technically, Denkun isn't even scheduled yet. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Uh, you're technically the, right, the David. E-
1: the Ethereum Foundation would like you to know. It's not <laughs> There's no date.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no date. We have no idea when it's coming. So it'll be March. Yeah. March, it'll be March or March. April. <laughs> uh, no idea when it's coming. Uh, the next... Hard fork though. After that, Pectra. What does it include? Verkle trees, David. What are these? The Lo- first step. Love you love Verkle trees. Your big Verkle tree Virkle guy. Trees. Big yeah. vir- guy. Well, you should because they're the first step to stateless clients, and that means lower hardware to run a node. That's fantastic because it increases our ability to maintain decentralization on Ethereum. Also. We get rid of the necessity to grant unlimited approvals. If you are on-chain, you know what a pain this is when you have to say, oh, yeah, you have approval to my token balance to do something on an app. Uh, There's an auth and auth call part like EIP that helps to fix that. Um, Also, there's a few other things too. Uh, Node operators get the ability to spin up a validator. You're no longer capped with uh, 32 ETH, so you can um, have more than 32 ETH in a single validator. There's inclusionless lists. Which improves censorship resistance. A lot of small things that amount to like a pretty exciting upgrade, actually. Yeah, it, uh, for it the is next a pretty one. Good upgrade. Yeah, I like it.
1: Yeah. Uh, vertical treats. I want to double click on that one first. Oh, have to do you? clients. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Vertical guy. It. Yeah. It, the, you said in the notes we have lower hardware requirements to run a node. Well, you can also just like, once you do that, you can just increase the demands on that hardware and be at equilibrium. Do you remember when we were doing EIP 1559 and then we were also doing the merge and everyone's like, it's going to lower gas fees, right? It's going to lower gas fees, right? And we were all like, uh, no, it's actually not going to lower gas fees. It's going to burn them, but it's not going to lower them. And then the same thing with the merge. We are like, it's going to lower gas fees. And we're like, guys, no, it's not lowering gas fees. Oh yeah.
0: We'll just fill up the additional validate like space you're saying.
1: No, no, they, there was just no gas. It, was, it just wasn't about gas fees. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there, was no, there was no increase in, in bandwidth at all. Verkle trees and the Verge as a uh, part of the Ethereum roadmap as a whole is actually reducing, can, excuse me, can actually reduce gas fees. It will uh, create room for us to increase the gas limit, potentially allows for a higher gas limit. So we will actually be able to have reduced gas fees on the layer one Uh, Once this goes in Uh, and this is it's moving Ethereum, you know, the whole like Solana meme of uh, Moore's law scaling with Moore's law. This is Ethereum's. This is Ethereum's version of that. The verge is scaling Ethereum layer one in parallel with Moore's law. Uh, And and so like I don't think people really are like uh, understand that really
0: at all. Yeah. People Franklin Templeton meme that. Okay, you don't understand vertical trees yet, do you? (laughs)
1: Your your dog with hat was pretty good. But do vertical. Do vertical.
0: <laughs> that's that's hard mode. Uh, okay, so Vitalik was also championing last week increasing the block size. You see this, David? Yes, which is exactly what we're talking about.
1: So yeah, on Reddit, Vitalik was asked how much gas limit could we safely increase now, and also after verkel? And Vitalik responded, "I think doing a modest gas limit even today is reasonable. The gas limit, the gas limit is basically block size. How much data can go in a block? is basically throughput." Uh, the gas limit has not been increased for nearly three years which is the longest time ever in protocols history uh, and so, you know, Moore's law continues. And Vitalik saying, "Yo, like we've actually been lagging Moore's law. We could increase the gas fees if we wanted to." He didn't answer specifically about after uh, the inclusion of Verkle trees, but this is a question that I will ask Mike Neuter and Dom when we do
0: our episode on the Ethereum roadmap and we talk about this. You are such, you are such a Verkle tree maxi, David. Anytime, any any yeah. chance you get to talk about Verkle trees, man, you are just Ver- verge me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David. There's just some, uh, you know, a sad exploit this week. Socket and. Uh, it's exchange Bungie was exploited for 3.3 million so socket is kind mm-hmm. of like a interoperability protocol kind of like a a bridging type of uh, protocol yeah. it's
1: a bridge aggregator yeah I've used it a lot
0: yeah it's uh, well so you've used it maybe directly and also there are apps you may have used that may use socket right. that you where you right. didn't know you were actually using socket uh under right. the under the cover so uh, talk about the fallout of this and and kind of what it caused
1: yeah, so there was a route that was incorporated into Socket, which is a very normal thing to do. They just incorporate routes. Uh, one of them had an exploit in it that was exploited. Uh, and so uh, the exploiter was draining people's wallets, uh, and Socket realized it extremely quickly and paused that particular route and just like hit, hit freeze on it. And only $3.3 million was stolen. Like $3.3 million is $3.3 million. But in the grand scheme of hacks, I would call that a single-digit from, from million-dollar people? hack.
0: From people who uh, allowed Socket right. to have yeah. access to some amount of tokens on their of, account and didn't wallet, revoke yeah. that access, and right. it, it happened like well, I don't know. There's a period of time where they they didn't realize and didn't right. pause the contract, and so people's mm-hmm. wallets were drained without them knowing it.
1: Right. So when you make an approval these days in Ethereum, I think MetaMask and both Rabby does this. Um, like you will send like uh, five hundred die uh, across a transaction, and then you will approve. Uh, you will give allowances for five hundred die. If you ever set it to like max, then this exploit could have happened to you. But if you s- approved five hundred and then you sent five hundred, the allowances
0: are yeah. DAI like to say zero. if you had a thousand die. In your account and you only sent 500 well the other 500 would still be approved right So still,
1: still be yes exactly so yeah uh, uh, how do you
0: check uh, this david how do you figure this out if you've given that approval and
1: yeah, yeah there's an, a, a website called revoke.cash uh, which is pretty useful uh definitely learn how to use that uh if you're um navigating if you're on chain on ethereum uh but i do believe there is an upgrade we'll have to check on this uh, off and off call Um, in Dankun, or excuse me, in uh, Petra, the next upgrade after yeah, we're just talking about mitigate this. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I I think it could mitigate this. Also, I think wallet UX really needs to improve. Like this is another reminder that we're all all alpha testing this. This is not grandma. Uh, This is not ready for grandma or your parents yet. All right. So like, not when we have UX problems like this. It's just such a pain to have to allow like revoke access. Like I was going through a list of wallets I have yesterday and be like, oh crap, did I use Socket? I don't know. I was plugging wallets into this interface right. and you're, it just it's really messy right now David it's hard yeah. and I think we've got a lot of steps to approve it one, one cool thing is do you know uh, Rabby will tell you when there's an exploit as new as another crypto wallet oh, and oh, wow yeah and they'll and they'll help you like they have the revoke.cash kind of like functionality built into their wallet in the browser. It's stuff like that that's going to make a difference and we really have to improve on it. There's also an update this week from the Coinbase versus SEC case. You know how the SEC was like, hey, Coinbase, everything you list, maybe aside from Bitcoin, is a security and you should stop doing that and we're going to bring you to court. Well, that case is basically playing out right now. So from the court case, this is the judge asking the SEC lawyer whether the token issuers named in the complaint violated securities law, right? Because That's why the SEC was bringing them to court. Coinbase violated securities law, of course. Uh, And so she asked about this. Did it violate securities law? An SEC lawyer said, well, not exactly, Your Honor. Those tokens named in the complaint are computer code. And the judge responded, I'm smiling, sir, because that's kind of what your friends at the back are saying. And they're wondering why we're here, pointing to like Coinbase at the back, wondering why we're actually here. Your friends
1: at the back table. I hope Paul was there just like snickering.
0: Yeah, I mean, so she said this. It is a real fear that I have that your argument, speaking to the SEC, is just sweeping too broadly, labeling collectibles as securities as well. There's another part uh, where the SEC lawyers says that Coinbase says crypto is a $1 trillion asset class. You know, they say, we don't really know. How do we know this? I mean, like we talk about it in the beginning of every show, like it is a trillion dollar asset class. Anyway, we disagree that crypto is an asset class. The lawyer says they're not even asset class, David. It is a rounding error in the economy and requires no new laws. The US equity market is 100 trillion and the global market is 400 trillion. Crypto is a rounding error. That's what the SEC lawyer said in this court case. Okay? I mean, why, is,
1: why is Gary Gensler so obsessed with it?
0: Seriously. I mean, somebody. I needs to tell these people they don't get to decide. They don't get to decide yeah. what a new asset class is. That's like beyond their mandate. No one's asking for that. I don't know why they think they can actually weigh in here. <laughs>
1: no one asks your opinion, SEC.
0: Like they do securities, okay? They don't get to weigh on on what's a real asset class and what's not.
1: Jake Shervinsky put out a pretty good uh, tweet thread where he says today's Coinbase hearing revealed a key flaw in the SEC's legal theory. It turns nearly every asset on the planet into a security <laughs> oops this is something that i we i realized ryan after we did our um josh rosenthal episode the crypto renaissance where he talked about like oh yeah uh, the money printer was one of these key technologies that um birthed renaissance yeah and then you and i started like unpacking and like chewing on what that really meant and like over the next like few weeks we we're like oh we have crypto how ha- we have a money printer for financial assets and then we were like oh that's going to scare the shit out of the sec yeah because like uh tokenized long sword of flame in your game yeah. right like tokenized dog with hat tokenized pokemon cards and we are going to just like ddos the sec with financial assets of all types and backgrounds and properties and upside or commodity like properties like whatever and so the the sec is is going for the broadest possible imp- interpretation where it's like everything is, we control yeah. everything. Well, I mean, we but said But we're just, it. We're just yeah. DDoSing them. That's There's too many of our assets for them to but regulate, that's the case, first off. But that's
0: the case that they're trying to make in the court, that everything right. is a security. And, and and the judge is like, no, it's not. You yeah, can't do but that. But
1: it's, it's, it's too cringe of a statement to make. <laughs> For it to like stand up in court, like, no, you don't get to regulate on chain Pokemon cards, Gary Gensler. That's not what you do.
0: Yeah, do you remember when Richie Torres was uh, grilling Gary Gensler and just being about Pokemon cards? Can can you tell me whether a Pokemon card is a security? And Gary Gensler couldn't, he was just like dodging the question. He was like, like, facts and
1: circumstances. And then the Pokemon card that was our meme, that meme came from crypto. Yeah, and so Richie Torres was like, "Oh, the crypto people are making fun of Gary Gensler because he's trying to
0: tokenize Pokemon cards. I'm going to use that, yeah. which is the power of memes." Speaking of memes, I don't know how this relates, but Donald Trump, okay, he is uh, former Donald Trump says he will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency. Let's hear. Him.
2: Tonight, I'm also making another promise to protect Americans from government tyranny. As your president, I will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency. You know about. Me
1: it's interesting to see like the Trump fans cheering for that. Uh, Of course, of course they would, but just like,
0: I didn't know that they cared so deeply about that, but they probably just cheered yeah. I wonder sense. how much w- w- whether Biden will have a response, where the Democrats will have a response yeah. on like what their Biden position is, is like.
1: I'm going to give you a CBDC, <laughs> and all of the Warren is like, "Yay!" <laughs>
0: Warren Elizabeth Warren very much wants that. That is her yes, her end state. Right. Of course, there's this right. place in the middle where you have like USDC and like private industry kind of competing. Right. My, USDC my own hope is, is my
1: CBDC. Yeah,
0: that's where I fall. Anyway, tell me about the Solana phone, David.
1: Solana phone number two. Okay, so the first Solana phone, the Zagra phone, which started going for like $5,000 a piece on eBay because of the bonk price appreciation and everyone just kind of started speculating. Because you got an airdrop with speaker. your phone.
0: You got bonk with your phone. You got an
1: airdrop with your phone, but like, it didn't justify the cost of the phone, but people started buying these phones anyways just because like, there, it's a limited edition. It turned into an NFT, like only 20,000 Saga phones. And so if you have a Saga phone, you're like by definition an early Solana user amongst all the other like, airdrops that are on them. Uh, and so they were never going to do another phone because it kind of flopped. They had like five, 6,000 of these Saga phones sell out out of 20,000. And then the bonk token goes up like 10,000% and then they instantly sell out. So they're rolling it back. The Saga Phone Chapter 2 uh, is coming out. Uh, and so there is going to be, uh, you can buy one for a deposit of $450, uh, designed to cover the full price of the device, expected to ship in the first half of 2025. Uh, and then there's just a bunch of like Solana apps embedded on there: Blackpack, Mad Lads, Tensor, Phantom, Soft, Magic Eden. You think people are hoping
0: stuff. for some more airdrops on this? Like, you know, Bonk V2? Give me my. Uh... <laughs> uh, it's until further notice. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, David, meme of the week. Let's close this episode out. What are we looking at? Of course, it's a
1: Franklin Templeton (laughs) meme because they just gave us so much collateral to work with. This is the meme of the car veering off the highway, taking a hard pivot. And it's the 60-40 portfolio. If you go straight, you get the nice 60-40 portfolio, 60% equities, 40% bonds, or you could take the hard right and you can get sixty forty plus Bitcoin. And, uh, this is Franklin Templeton taking that hard right.
0: Yeah, the classic sixty forty. That's the safe way to invest. But now, now Wall Street wants you to own a little bit of Bitcoin too. Okay, stocks, yeah. bonds, and crypto. That's what the message yeah. is. I think
1: uh, explaining memes, Ryan, is probably the most cringe thing that we do on the show. I don't
0: think so. I think uh, we do many other cringe things that um, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure the commenters would tell us about YouTube. <laughs> Tell, tell us how tell cringe us, we are. Tell us how cringe we are. Again, <laughs> thank you. We will totally read those comments. <laughs> going to end with risk in a minute, but disclosures. Both David and I are investors in Scroll and Socket. I'm also an angel investor in uh, Arbitrum. Both David and I hold uh, some crypto. You can see all of those disclosures at bankless.com disclosures. And of course, crypto is risky. You could lose what you put in we're on the path west this is the frontier it's not for everyone but we're glad you're with us on the bankless journey thanks a lot